That's true. We stand on the promises of God. When somebody makes a promise, it's their word. And that's why it's great that we come to the word of God now so that we can learn what God has said about himself, what he said about the world, what he said about us, and what he said about the future. And he's made promises, which is what we've been looking at in Second uh, Peter. So let's pray. And then we're going to dig into Second Peter chapter 3. Father, we thank you for this day that you've given us to serve you, to worship you, and to learn from you. And Lord, how good it is to come and hear your word, that we could hear your word and not just die because it's so great, uh, but you have allowed us to live because it brings us the good news. And so, Lord, today I pray that you would help me to preach the gospel. pray that you would take my mind and my heart and my lips and have them only to speak what you've ordained for this morning. Take all of our hearts together, Lord, and help us to receive by your Holy Spirit the truth and to grow in our faith no matter where we're found today. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. If you have your Bible this morning, please turn to 2 Peter chapter 3. We're going to be starting in verse 8. What has been spoken of so far in this book is that you can trust the Word of God. It was given. It's the truth. The prophets spoke it. It's, it was, it's absolutely true. But you have to beware of false prophets, people that will come and tell you false things. And, and they'll tell you fake things about anything. You want to go um, uh, buy an appliance, hey, you're probably going to hear something false. Uh, you want to go... Um, lose weight, they're probably going to tell you something false. I mean, it doesn't matter what people are trying to get you to do. There's just a lot of junk out there because people are trying to convince you to do something or go somewhere to pay them money. So when it comes to things like giving you information about the future and joining in with somebody about religion, there's a lot of false stuff out there as well. And Peter warns saying, hey, there's going to be people that will come right in the midst of your church. They'll sit at your covered dish meals. They'll sing right next to you. Those people might come within your midst and tell you fake news they might give you um false teaching false prophecies but you have to listen to the scripture and what jesus has said and so that's what we've been looking at in second peter um, chapter three last week he uh, he he talked about the fact that one day he's coming back and and he's going to destroy everything but he's going to make a new heaven a new earth but that is going to happen and so he's going to melt it by fire um and, and the reality is this that as we come and we, we, we say something like, Jesus is coming back again. Do you know how silly that sounds in our culture nowadays? When you go and you tell somebody who's shopping in the mall and say, hey, you know what? That's a nice purse that you're buying. Did you know that Jesus is coming back soon? How, what would their look be? You're an idiot. Why? Because it just sounds silly that, that God, Jesus, who had died, then went back to heaven. And, you know, and nowadays people look at you like, hey, you're just talking a fairy tale. And so the scripture said that there will be scoffers who come with scoffing. They're going to look at you and say, you're, you're, you're dumb for believing this thing. But Peter says, it's the truth. And so he's going to go on talking about how it is the truth that we can trust the word of God and his promises. We're standing on them that one day Jesus will come back. And here's what it says. We're again in Second Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 8. It says, but do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. It almost sounds like he's using a circle psychology or something like that. Like, what? Through the Lord, a thousand years is as one day, and one day is a thousand years. Um, why? Does, does God not have a watch? Like, what is it about God? Well, we have to remember a, a few things. One, God has always been. He's eternal. And so, Time was something that he made. He created time. He created it for us to be able to function, for us to be able to 
have more communication from him in, in, in a timing way. And so he's looking at things from an eternal perspective. My granny, she used to say this. She said, she said, as you get older, things just seem to go faster. I said, granny, why does that happen? She says, well, when you're younger, one day is such a larger fraction of your life than when you know, she was 86 when she died. One day to an 86-year-old is just a small little fraction. So, so in your life, one day is just because it's up against the big breadth of your 86 years. Think about God now, who one day sits up against all of eternity. So to God, it's just like a sliver, even though to us, it seems like it's longer. And so why does this have anything to do with the fact that Jesus might be coming back? Because the, re- the reality is Jesus, 2,000 years ago, said, hey, I'm coming back soon. And Peter's saying, hey, scoffers are going to come say, hey, what's taking him so long? If he was really coming back, why has he waited 2,000 years? Well, if to the Lord, 1,000 years is as a day, that means he's waited two days in God's timing. And up against eternity, 2,000 years is nothing. He's coming soon. He's coming in this age. He's coming soon. He said to take note of the signs that are coming. And I believe that in our day, in our time, in our lifetimes, we're beginning to see the signs that Jesus spoke and said, you need, you need to watch these things because when these things start happening, that's when it's coming about. But to the Lord, this is all, you know, a thousand years is as a day, a day is as a thousand years. You know, he sees everything on this eternal perspective, an eternal perspective. But his timing is perfect. He's never late. He always, always does it just as he says he'll do. And so in verse 9, says, the Lord's not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. So some of us were like, man, 2,000 years, that is a long, the Lord is slow. And Peter says this, the Lord's not slow. It's not as if the Lord is a procrastinator. He doesn't have a little bit of Jason's procrastination in him. The Lord is, he's perfect, he's good, he's going to be on time. And so the Lord doesn't count slowness the way we count. He's not slow. It's that, it's that he's patient. When you're patient with things, it's usually because you're being patient with somebody else, isn't it? Right? When you're having to be patient. When you're a parent and you're having to be patient, it's because you're patiently waiting for your child to put their shoes on so you can leave the house, right? When you're patient with, with a, a friend, you're, you're being patient so that you can bring them along in a friendly manner. Well, the, the Lord is the same way. The reason why he is allowing this time to go forward isn't because he hasn't got the house fixed up yet. That's not the reason. The reason is because it says he's patient for you. He was patiently waiting for the day when you would hear the gospel. And it says here that that, that day you would hear it and you would come to repentance. And now that we have come into the family of God, we've repented, we've been forgiven. And now we're like, Lord, when are you coming back? You know why? Because he's patiently waiting for people who live around you who don't know him yet. If he came today, what would happen to those people? Toast, literally. He's patiently waiting because it says here that he wishes that no one would perish, but he desires that all would come to repentance. The reason the Lord is patient is because he's merciful. The Lord is waiting because he has a kindness that says, I have more sheep that I want to bring home with me. I have more sheep that I died on this cross for. I have more sheep that that blood spent it for. And so I am waiting until they are saved. That's why the Lord is patient, because he desires to have more people gathered into that kingdom that will be forever. 
And so the Lord's not slow. He's not being flippant about his time. He'll be right on time. And at that right time, he will come. And the scripture says that at that right time, the full number of the right number will be accounted for and he will come back and he will get them and he will destroy his enemies and it will all be done. And then eternity will continue and we will be with him forever. And this says this in verse 10. When's that day going to happen? It says this, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief and when the heavens will pass away and then the heavens will pass away with a roar and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. So if this is going to happen, and the Lord's waiting patiently, and there is a day that is coming throughout all the scripture is talked about the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord is the day that he comes back bringing his judgment and his salvation. The question is, well, what is that day? When is that? Can I mark my calendar? And Jesus said this, don't mark your calendar. Watch for the signs that it's about to come. But he says this in Acts chapter 1. He says, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons set by the Father's authority. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus says this, that day, no one knows it except the Father, not even the angels, not even him at that time, Jesus said, not even the Son of Man. Only the Father knows that the day that he's going to come back. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says, the exact same thing as 2 Peter says, that day will come like a thief in the night, but I'm telling you this, not because you're darkness and are going to be surprised by it, so that you can remember that it's going to be like a thief in the night and you can be watching for the signs. Know for sure, Jesus is coming. People will laugh at it. He's taking his time to save some people, but that day is coming. When will that day be? We don't know exactly, but we need to be ready. Are you ready? Are you ready? I hope so, because what it said at the end there was in that day comes, there's not going to be another day when you have another chance. This said that when that day comes, that the heavens will pass away. The heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved and the earth and all the works done on it will be exposed. And Jesus said that everything will be revealed, that he will destroy the earth and the heavens and everything with fire. He's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. And so there won't be a day of another chance. He is saying, get your heart ready. Now, there's something more to this, because when we look at this, we would look at it and say, this certainly is a passage that talks about the Lord's timing. And in particular, it's pointing out to the Lord's timing for a day when he's coming in the future. He's going to come. And for those who love Jesus, we are looking forward to that day. But if you look at this passage and relate it to just that day, we'd come short to things that he wants to do in us today. Because this actually clues us into some of the characteristics of the Lord, because the Lord's timing has to do not just with a day in the future, but it has everything to do with what's going on in your life right now and today. So when we look at the Lord's timing, what have we learned from this passage? We know that the Lord's timing is perfect. We know that the Lord's timing is good. We know that the Lord's timing is merciful, that he's got a purpose behind it. So right now, instead of talking about a day in the future, which is good, that is important for us to look at, and all those things according to God's timing, those are attributed to that day in the future. But let me ask you about, I want you to be honest with me for just a second. How many of you have ever been frustrated, angry, upset, confused, and bewildered by the Lord's timing with something in your life? 
I'm pretty sure almost every one of us could raise our hand, and not something that happened decades ago, probably for something that happened just this week. Lord, why didn't that check come in the mail? Your timing was off. Lord, why did I get that report from the doctor this week? That wasn't supposed to happen for decades. So a lot of times in our daily life now, we will look at the things that the Lord has or has not done, and we'll look at him and say, you're slow, or you're too fast. Lord, your timing is off. Well, I don't understand what you've got going on with this timing. But guess what? The same God who has timed out that day coming in the future when Jesus will come back is the same one who is working the timing for everything in your life today and the things that have happened in the past. Timing is one of the biggest things that we get angry and frustrated with God about. And yet if we've said, oh yeah, I totally trust that that day is coming, he's got it marked out, don't you think that he also has everything going on in your life perfectly set? And I can go back and I can look at some of the things that when I was younger, maybe even this last week too, but when I was younger, I'd kick around and be like, God, what are you doing? I mean, I've, I've trusted you, I've, I've set my life plan in your hands and you've been working this out and, and now we've got to this point and I'm just really frustrated that you haven't given me what, what should have happened by now, so... Um, I think you got an issue with your timing, Lord. Coming from Jason the procrastinator, right? I remember back when I was in my 20s. And there's got to be a wife out there. I need it. Lord, I'm now. I need, I need this woman now. I need help now. I mean, my grandma, granny, she was like, timing-wise, I'm going to find you a wife soon. So you need help now and i was at that point too i was like i need you know lord relationally these things need to be in my life now and if i had scraped and gone i'm i'm sure i probably could have got some sorry woman to marry me early on but you know what i'm so thankful when i look at i look at that that the lord timed that out just perfectly to the day there was a thing on my calendar that said blind date with Katie. And on that day, in October of 2002, there stood this woman who would become my wife. And the Lord timed that out so that he could time out the burrs of three children, so that he could time out later on in marriage when he would say, sell your home in Seattle and go to North Carolina in 2014, and now four years later I'm standing here, and I'm, I look back at the breadth of my life and all those points when I could have questioned, say, hey, where's my wife, God? Why are we moving, God? I look back and I'm like, man, the, Lord, the Lord's timing is perfect, isn't it? And, and I look back at those, and then there was none of those timings when I look back and say, hey, it was perfect, but he had some bad things. No, it's always good. And when I really look back at those things, not only was it perfect and good, but you know what, for Jason, man, it was merciful. I, I can see how in all those events, he was continuing to speak to me about the gospel, the way he set me up with this woman, the way that he's timed out our children and those sorts of things. All of those things, even though they're relationships, all those things, even though we can mark anniversaries, all of those things take me back to Jesus and say, boy, you better depend on him. You better remember what he did for you on the cross. And you know what that does? Remembering how good the Lord has been in my timing takes me back into my marriage, takes me into my parenting, takes me to pastoring and says, now march on, bucko. 
and keep your eyes on Jesus. You know what, because tomorrow I'll get into a situation where me being a sinner, I'll probably be like, Lord, your timing is off. The alarm clock went off way too early. Your timing is way off, Lord. Um, things like that, you know. And I remember, if I look back at the past, just like that song we sing, standing on the promises of God. And he has never fulfilled a promise at the wrong time. He's always been faithful. So if I've seen his faithfulness, why am I questioning him today? Is there something in your life timing-wise that you're questioning the Lord on? Is there something you've become frustrated? It's like, yeah, I know I'm a Christian. I've said my prayers. I've done all this. But Lord, I kind of hold this against you. That thing you need to release. With the same trust that you have that Jesus is coming back one day, take that thing and say, Lord, I just, I just trust you with the timing. Maybe he's set other things in place, and now he said, and now in your life, I've got this going on, but you've got to wait for this thing to happen. If he has said that to you, wait for this thing to happen because it's better for you, wait. We question those things all the time, whether it's sex before marriage, when to retire. Maybe things happen too soon. We're like, why'd that person die already? And we question all the timing. You know what? The Lord does things perfectly. He does it to the day. He does it to the hour, to the minute. Why? Because he wants to show you himself. Or, in addition to showing you his mercy, he might be using your life to show somebody else mercy. Because as you live and trust God, and as he's displaying his gospel presence in your life, and as you trust him, guess what? There are going to be people around you who are going to be looking at you saying, you trust this invisible God that he's actually going to come back one day and that he's scheduling your life here and now? And you say, yes, I trust him with my marriage. I trust him with my relationship. I trust him with my job. I trust him with my timing. And they look at that and they see Jesus. And guess what? There may be a day that that person who's looking at your life and the way you trust him with the timing that they say, I want to know him too. Tell me about his mercy. And you know what? That's one of the people that the Lord is waiting patiently for. He hasn't come back because maybe he's going after that person. They're going to see him through your life. This struggle, this hardship that you're going through, there's no way he could teach you perseverance if you hadn't gone through that, huh? You can't learn that just going quick. So he may be doing something to teach you or to teach somebody else. Trust him. Will you do that? Will you, will you agree with me to trust him with that thing? And will you agree with me to trust him for the thing that's going to happen tomorrow that you haven't even found out about yet? This timing thing has to be his. It's all his. You know this? If you, one of the very first things that we see in the scripture in Genesis chapter 1, it says that when he was making the earth in those days, those six days, he said, let there be light. He said, and he separated it from the darkness. He separated, separated the sea and the land and all those things. It also says that he set stars in the heavens, the sun up there, a moon up there, and then he put those things like a sundial so we would see those things that they would mark the day and the night and the seasons. Why? Because all those things would point at Jesus. He actually made timing so that you would see Jesus. And you know this, that there is going to come a day when those timing markers in the sky, it says, melt out of the sky. They are thrown down. They turn to blood. Those will be signs that he is back. And those are the timing signs that say the day has arrived. They were there from the beginning, and they will go to the end, and they will be no more. And agree with me 
that the hours, the days, the seasons that those things mark out, that you will go to the one who created those sun, moon, and stars, and you will say, Lord, I trust you. I trust you as much as the sun trusts you to come up the next day. I will trust you. The good thing is when we come and we see how great that is, he's been patient and merciful. We can trust him and his timing. And I look back at how faithful he's been. You know what I want to do? I just want to tell him I love him back. How good has he been to me? So as we close, what we're going to do is we're going to tell him that we love him back, how good he has been. We're going to sing things about how amazing his grace has been, how beautiful he is, and and we can put that in perspective of his timing, both of his return, but also what's been happening in your life. And that thing that you said, yeah, I have trouble with this timing. At this time when you sing, hey, you're beautiful, your grace is amazing, what I want to ask you to do is this. Let him have the timing. Tell him the timing is beautiful. Tell him the timing is amazing. We don't understand. We don't have all the answers. Do we have all the answers? I was just talking with you this morning, Miss Diane. We don't have all the answers, but this is just to say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. That's a beautiful thing to be able to do that. So at this time, we're going to sing those prayers together. And you're invited if you want to. You can come pray in the front. And if you see a friend come down and pray, or deacon, if you want to, come down and pray with one of these people and, and we'll surround with one another. But let's go to the Lord together and just tell him how good he is. And if you need to release those things, release some sin, then come and ask the Lord for, for um, repentance. And we're going to close this time just singing to the Lord, telling him how beautiful he is. So let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you for just how good you are, that in control of all things and having authority over the time and the seasons, not only of the earth but of our lives, that you have shown how we can trust you. We can give it all to you. And so, Father, we come and we ask again that you would be merciful to us. Show us your mercy. For these things that are difficult, we have a hard time waiting or we have a, we have a hard time because it came too fast. And we, just, we pray that we would trust that, that your timing is perfect and that it's good and that it's merciful. And we pray that through our, our trust of you in these things, that you would make a way for our lives to show the gospel to other people because there's other people that need to know your mercy before Jesus comes back. And so we sing to you right now and we ask that you be glorified in our worship as we sing in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me as we sing?
will be